listening to the Rational Rage Network. Oh shit! Shout to fucking Queens, Tommaso Ciampa twice with a chop in the build-up to this match. Ciampa had no answer, but finally we get a response from Ciampa right in front of us. of Walter. If it does that to our desk, what will it do to a man's chest? Can Ciampa hoist up Walter? Walter, though, hoisting up the challenger. Oh! Shoulders down! Title on the line! Oh, Ciampa able to roll through. But look at Ciampa trying not to break the hold. Walter trying to break it with Walter's hand. Walter cannot get his way out of this. This is the most precarious position. Walter has found himself in his entire lane over two years. trying to keep Champa down. Walter now, looking for the pin, trying to use his size, look at the neck, look at the strength, oh! no, 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 oh. And Beth, you brought up the neck surgeries, the injury history, Walter doesn't care. Powerbomb! Just a volley of moves attacking the upper back and neck of Tommaso Champa once again, another powerbomb. Turned inside out by Walter. Champion back to his feet. And there's the last again. Drop Champa. Cover. Walter retains. Here is your winner, but still the NXT United Kingdom champion, Walter. You can never question the heart of 
Tommaso Ciampa, who just left everything in the ring.
everybody, and welcome back to the PWC uh, Presents. It's the conflict. Uh, I guess moving forward, it's going to be the Tuesday night conflict. Uh, you're listening to me, Christopher Ams. That's uh, A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L or like bullshit in the morning. Um, I'm here with my usual co-host, Jimmy T. Jimmy, how's Australia, buddy? It's, it's nice, dude. Good weather. But more importantly, what a big week it's been in professional wrestling, dude. WrestleMania week. Standard deliver as well. And it's a conflict. And it's not a Wednesday night conflict anymore. You know, from here on forward, it's going to be a Tuesday night conflict. I guess uh, AEW have won the so-called skirmish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, um, before we get into the show, I just... Um, I would be remiss... Um, I would think less of myself if I didn't take a moment on the show that I'm recording um, to just say uh, rest in peace to Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX. Um, I don't know about you, Jimmy. Um, I'm sure you I'm sure I'm sure you were a fan for me. DMX was probably the biggest thing that pushed my love of hip hop music. Um I was just at the right age, at the right time when uh, when his stuff started coming out, and uh, huge, huge influence on my love of hip hop music. And I just want to say, rest in peace um, to one of the greats to have ever done it. And um, yeah, just awesome, awesome music. Oh well, I just want to say that thank you for reminding me. R.I.P. to DMX. I mean, yeah, dude, I, I've, I've got every single album of his, man, like original. Every single album. I'm, look, I was a big fan of DMX. I'm not going to say he's he's uh, in my top five of all time, but I'm definitely a big fan, and I've got all these albums, dude. And uh, I mean, I'm, it's kind of surprising, but at the same time, it isn't. I'm hearing all sorts of weird rumors, though. I heard it was a Coke OD at first, and I'm sure you know he struggles with with cocaine and shit, but um. I'm also hearing he took the vaccination and that's what caused him to pass away. Don't know what's true, but um, if it was a vaccination, I mean, shit. You know, I'm sure they want to sweep that right under the carpet, dude. I've heard that from multiple sources. So I'm not sure, man. Yeah, I've definitely heard that, uh, that it was an overdose. An overdose caused, caused a heart attack. Right. And um, yeah, it just sucks, man. Like. I was trying to think about exactly like why I hold DMX so highly because yeah, honestly, dude, like if you ask me top five MCs of all time, he's not on my list. He's, uh, but he was hugely influential. And I think that it comes down to this really, um, you know, after, after Tupac and, and Biggie died, right, right. I feel like there was a really, really big push in hip hop music, yep. um, for club bangers, right? Uh, it was a lot of party music. The, uh, Will Smith put out a record, you know, in 1997 that was huge, right? It was number one. And there was a lot of people within the hip-hop community that were trying for that kind of style. I mean, even, you know, Bad Boy Records, the next big thing that they did was a Mace album. And, and you know, Sean, Mace, too. I think, right, I think, I think Mace gets a little bit... Um, people get confused about what Mace was like, but he was definitely more of a party rap than anything well, else, right? Definitely. And that's kind of the way, that was kind of the direction that, that hip-hop was going. And then, like, DMX, dude, he just showed up at the fucking club with a shotgun. Like, <laughs> nah, 
I'm gonna remind you what hip hop can be like. <laughs> and I mean, right from the right from the first fucking song on, um, flesh my flesh. it's dark and hell is hot. Oh yeah, that's right. No, it's yep. dark and hell is hot. The intro song, dude. Um, I mean, he just came out with the fucking lyrics where he's just like, you know, grimy, gritty, fucking like that that underground, like hardcore New York hip hop that. You know, you can only get from so many people. And I mean, he just came out and was like, you know, let me remind you what hip hop can be. And I think that's why, like, uh, for me anyway, DMX was hugely influential. And I just, like I said, I, I, I felt I would be very remiss if I was on a podcast and I didn't just mention, you know, rest in peace to, uh, you know, well, a fantastic MC and somebody who changed the game for me. I'm glad you brought up uh, the the Biggie Tupac era because DMX kind of blew up right after that right and uh, that's probably why I don't want to say like uh, what's the word for it at the time that was calling him the next Pac when he first came through and you know at that time I didn't agree with it because really they're, they're nothing alike in my opinion nothing alike right and uh, no. but, but you know what he came in at the right time because he really did he blew up right right at that point like late 97 around there he started really blowing up. By the time 99 hit, he was on another stratosphere, you know what I mean? And, uh, yep. man, it's it's a shame, dude. I, I watched the versus battle. I don't know if you saw it with him and Snoop. I didn't, but I'll have to. Dude, you have to watch yeah. it. I, me and D watched it live, and uh, it's funny because we're watching it in bed, right? And uh, I wanted to go to sleep, and here's a funny quick story. And uh, it was that good that we could not go to sleep. That's how fucking good it was, dude, I must say. And it wasn't that long ago. Awesome. It was only a few months ago. And dude, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you from now, like, you got to see it. It is something to see. You could tell he was, I don't want to say sick, but he was struggling to breathe, dude. I mean, he couldn't bust really anymore. But he did. He did what he could. And it was a great sight. And it's a shame, dude. And for everyone that fucking that has any conspiracy saying that he's not really dead, get the fuck out of here, alright? He's dead. He he was not in great health. And yeah, Can we no, leave that alone, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> everybody everybody that's a celebrity that dies, it's a fucking conspiracy. But this, come on man. Like anybody that thinks that, you're a fucking idiot. I'm saying it right now. Like he's he's gone, man. And I wanna say one more thing. I saw a video and I'll post it if you haven't seen it. I've been meaning to post it. Man, in New York City, while his body was getting carted through, I'm telling you, it was like a party atmosphere, dude. Like, everyone was singing his songs. It was it was chock-a-block. But like I said, man, R.I.P. DMX, a.k.a. L. Simmons, man, because that's a big one. It's, it's a big loss. And no, I don't think there will ever be another DMX because he stood, he stood out, dude. There's no one quite like him. Yeah, dude. I mean, you listen to some of the lyrics back now from like from some of his albums, and there's no way you could get away with doing that in today's hip hop game. And um, no way. And it, it it makes me really sad to think that too, though, man. Like, what a weird world we live in, where like, you know, the really good stuff from the past is already just like not allowed because of whatever, right? The politics of today, like. I was actually just listening the other day to, uh, uh, um, well, I mean, I listen to Nas every day, but I was listening to uh, Nas' song the other day, "Hero," and uh, one of my favorite song. Uh, it's a great, great tune, dude. And he's got a lyric in there where he says, um, 
if Nas can't say it, think about these talented kids with new ideas being told what they can and can't spit. <laughs> and uh, it made me think, like, you know, fuck, man. Like, Nas is an actual prophet on this shit. Because, like, sure, man. when Hero came out, it wasn't that fucking serious yet. Like, all no, of this right. shit hadn't blown up the way it had, right? Right, right. And it was like, you know, he wanted to name his he wanted to name his fucking album the N word, right? Not the N word, but the I actual N word. I'm not right, gonna right. fucking say it on this. Nigel. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking say it. Yeah, Nigel. He wanted to name it that, and they wouldn't let him. So he just said, okay, fine, just fucking call it Untitled, because I'm not giving it another name, right? And there was a lot of people who were like, oh, why would he? Why would he? You know, why is he? wanting to do that so badly but i really believe like after listening to that lyric back like those lyrics from from hero like nas could see like how this shit was gonna go and i'm like i fear for the future of hip-hop because like if all we can do now is you know rap about molly and uh and do party shit like hip-hop's in trouble dude and uh you know we need more artists like DMX and more songwriters like Nas um, in order for hip hop to survive. But just my two cents. No, you're 100% right. Unfortunately, bro, it's all about perks. It's all about fucking Molly, like you said. It's fucking stupid. Look, the only thing I like about today's fucking artists is their beats. That's about yeah. it, bro. Other than that, you're right, man. It's it's fucking stupid. Yeah, sure. Today's hip hop artists are catchy, like they're catchy. I'm not gonna give him. I'll, I'll give him that. But lyrically, they're trash. You know what I mean? There, there's a few. There's maybe a few exceptions like Kendrick Lamar, you know, or like J Cole. You know, guys like J. Cole's that. Cole's good, yeah. Right, but other than like them exceptions, and there's more, but I'm not gonna get into that. But other than those guys, I mean, seriously, hip hop's for the trash, dude. You know, it's a shame because yeah. I'm a DJ. I'm a hip hop DJ, so I have to like, you know, see what's in these days and what's not. But otherwise, when I do my own mixtapes, bro, I'm always going back to the old shit. You know, it is what it is. Yep. Yep. And it's just better stuff. Right. Well, anyway, from from a from a lamentation on the on the future of hip hop, let's uh, let's transition to the future of professional wrestling, <laughs> as uh, we're covering NXT here. It is uh, meant to be the WWE's, um, you know, developmental, uh, developmental um, division. Uh, let's let's get into it. So, um, stand and deliver. Night one um, starts off with uh, the, the. This was on the pre-show, so I didn't get to see much of it. I did see some uh, some highlights of it, but Zoe Starks defeats Tony Storm in a singles match on the pre-show. Um, am I wrong, or is this just, like, really bad booking? I like I like Zoe Starks. Don't get me wrong. I said on, you know, I said on here last week that I can see a real future for this girl as an in-ring competitor, but, I mean, she's beating Tony Storm? Help me understand here, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't think I understand, Chris, because, let's be honest, Okay, I get it. She's a good performer in the ring, but beating Tony Storm? I mean, I'm not, I don't think like, she's that ready. No, I don't think she is either. And I mean, even if she was really, really good in the ring, which I'm not saying she is yet, but right. she she clearly has some potential, right? 
Um, but she doesn't cut a promo. She doesn't like, I'm sorry to be a dick. She doesn't have a look that people are going to love. Like, uh, and I don't mean physically, like she's very, very fit. She's worked extremely hard. I just mean like, as we've joked before, she looks very much like she's a meth addict. So (laughs) I mean, like her face looks like that of a meth addict. She's got pock marks in her face. Like she, she's, she looks like she's 40 something and she's 20 something. So how are you lie. putting her over Tony Storm? Yeah, I, was I literally the entire package. I don't say, I don't get it, dude. I I really don't get it. I mean, obviously they got big plans for it, but if that's the case, whatever, man. I hope she's got a personality because I just don't see it. You know what I mean? And yeah, she's like in her twenties and she looks forty. So um, I'm puzzled, dude. Like, I'm puzzled. Nevertheless, it was a good match. You know what I mean? But uh, oh yeah. I just don't like the finish. Yep, I'm the same way, and I thought the same thing. Uh, good match, didn't like the finish. Um, I guess we'll see what happens here. Maybe they transition into a really good feud, and right. Tony Storm can get some really excellent work out of her. I mean, the matches are already basically there. She needs a little bit of tuning in terms of what she does, but uh, she's pretty good in the ring. I just need to see her do something else and maybe Tony storm can help walk her through something like that. Cause like I said, I really feel like Tony storm is, is, is the full package for, for women's pro wrestling. Um, I agree. I feel like her and Rhea Ripley really are kind of the future of women's wrestling. Well, I just want to say, Chris, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. Hey, I could have done it. I, I know. <laughs> Who would have thought that these two Aussie women are the future of women's wrestling, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think we might have actually found your Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, like, <laughs> not fucking around. <laughs> why can I ask, Chris, why do we compare the women to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels? I just, well, it started off because I didn't know any male uh, wrestlers from Australia. So <laughs> I was just saying that, like, you know, uh, Emma was your Bret Hart or whatever, because I knew oh, we'd get a God. pop. God damn you, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So moving on here, um, we go to uh, what I thought was a really good uh, technical match here between Pete Dunne and Kushida. Um it was a lot of rolling, a lot of focusing on arms. Yep. Um, you'd expect that from Pete Dunn. Kushida uh, paid back in kind. It really was sort of a step-for-step match where um, I felt like Pete Dunn needed to get the win, um, but they definitely had me thinking, oh, maybe maybe Kushida will get it here in the end. Um, in the end, it is Pete Dunn who goes over, but uh, I thought they did a good job of keeping Kushida pretty strong too. I agree. You know what? And Pete Dunne, I guess, was the right move. I was hoping for Kushida to win. It was a great match. I'm not going to lie. It was a great opener to the actual show. And, um, man, he really worked on that hand, I'll tell you now. And uh, that's pretty much what the finish was. <laughs> so there was armbar after armbar, reversal after reversal. It wasn't a spot fest, which is great. You know what? And seeing mm-hmm. Kushida sort of, you know, wrestle in a ground, you know, ground wrestling type of way was actually good to see. I actually like Kushida in NXT compared to his Japanese run. Sure, he's the same persona, you know. He's still, like, from the future. <laughs> but he's got a mean streak in him in in WWE, which is great. You know, because in, in uh, Japan, I didn't 
really see that mean streak like I have in WWE. So that's great. And Pete Dunne, I don't know what's going on with him, man, but is he, is he getting acne these days, dude? <laughs> I I think that, you know, it may not be shocking to find out that him and Zoe Starks might be <laughs> dating. Because, <like. laughs> dude, he's got a whole blotch of zits right here on the side, on his cheek, and it's like, whoa, what's going on here, bro? Like, you know what I mean? Need to get some clearance. It's not a great look. No, which is weird, but it is what it is. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, after that, we go. So, so we had two pretty good technical matches, and then a shit show. Uh, <laughs> yep. um, I didn't mind the finish here. Um, I like Bronson Reed going over. Um, you knew they weren't going to do anything with Swerve Scott. You kind of knew they weren't going to do anything with uh, Leon Ruff. Um, I, I was surprised here to see that they gave it to Bronson Reed. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. I like, I like when there's a, I like when they push a guy who looks a little different, right? right. And Bronson Reed has a different look, you know, he, uh, he's not huge. You know, he's only 5'11", or at least that's what they've, they've got him billed as. Yeah, he's about 5'9", 5'10". But but he is a very large individual, like large, this huge. Is, this is the kind of guy that uh, that you don't pick a fight with. No, fuck that. And, uh, fuck no. <laughs> no way. So dude. so it was kind of good to see him get the win here. Uh, what did you think of the booking? I actually did feel that Bronson Reed was going to win, only because the booking's all over the place. Though they're doing the fifty fifty bullshit as well in NXT, unfortunately, and. Uh, I, th I felt that Bronson Reed, he's been looking strong, dude. Other than the last episode of NXT, before that, he, you know, he lost. But I felt that uh, it was the right move. The guy is huge, like you would say. And, uh, it's huge. It's huge. And he's a fucking egg, dude. If anyone looked like Humpty Dumpty, it's him. <laughs> like, seriously. But you know what? He's in the strain as well. So there's another one. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Hey, there you go. Yeah, hey, you, you know. <laughs> He's Samoan, taking over. Right, seems like it in NXT anyway. Oh, and the main roster, I guess. Yeah, getting there. Yeah, um, except for the males. All right, so next up, um, what I thought was definitely, like, without question, the match of the night is uh, the German, Walter, <laughs> um, takes on Tommaso Ciampa in a singles match for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Um I think I would rather have a knife fight with New Jack than get chopped by Walter. I, like, dude, dude. Jesus. <laughs> this match, I was on the edge of my seat. I knew it was going to be good going into it, but this match right here, man, the only thing, the only gripe I've got, I felt it ended abruptly, dude. I actually felt like, I was like, what? The, in my opinion, there should have been an extra 10 minutes. That's how great the match was. Look, don't get me wrong. It was a slap fest right it was a chop fist but dude even Tommaso Ciampa was giving him some fucking chops bro but Walter oh and one other gripe when Walter went to chop him he was leaning up against the commentator's table right I'm talking about yep. uh Ciampa and Walter yep. went to chop him you know those front sort of big show style chops you know mm -hmm. with a palm anyway he goes to chop him uh Ciampa like moves he misses and he broke the fucking, you know where it says stand and deliver on the table, the, what uh -huh. do you call it? You know what I'm talking about, the logo, whatever, right? 
Yep. Dude, they showed the break. The, whoever was the whoever was the producer for this, you should be fired. Because they zoom in of where he broke the table. And dude, if you see the cut, it was zigzags. Yeah. Like it was it oh, was so yeah. it was so obvious like that it was um that it was a what do you call it? It was gimmicked. It was gimmicked, right. It was so obvious that it was gimmicked that it looks shocking, dude. I mean, a zigzag fucking cut. Like, come on, man. Like, seriously. And also, like, no. Like, Walter's chops look, like, fucking devastating. Like, they look like they would really fucking... Oh. They look like they could cave in somebody's chest. But you're going to break a fucking, like, uh, like an actual table with a chop? Like, uh, come on, man. <laughs> stupid, dude. But, man, you know, another fun little fact... Um, <laughs> The German Walter has held that title for over two years, and now like two years and one week. That is the longest right since on. anyone has had a title belt since the eighties, dude. That's a feat. That's awesome. Well, if he can hold it for like two and a half more, he'll beat the former German record for uh, <laughs> you know the crown of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, why not have him fucking get everybody in NXT? Fuck that. I want him to win every bout. I totally am a big fan of, of Volta. And man, he looks like this shit. Like I said last week, I truly think he could be the biggest heel in, in WWE on the main roster. And I know, I, I think it was uh, Jago on last week's skirmish, he mentioned that uh, he'll look tiny next to, say, Randy Orton. Well, Walter is 6'4". He can't be that... I, and I think Randy's only like 6'5". Right. I think not even that. I think he's about six four himself. So I wouldn't, you know, Walter's a big guy, dude. Like, you know what I mean? So sorry, Jago. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, bro. I ended up doing a bit of research. And when I saw that, I'm like, damn, he's like six four. So yeah. And I, I it's funny because he said the same thing about Killer Cross. And I right. remember as I was watching night two, I did the same thing. I looked up, like I saw that they build him as six four, but I mm -hmm. thought, well, maybe they're just billing him as that. But I looked up online and no, he's like, he's six, four. He's big right. enough. Like big these enough. are not small guys. No, no. And they really stand out, man. So sorry, Jago, but yeah, I think these two would be just fine. Absolutely. All right. So next up here, we've got a, a bit of a car crash. Uh, it's fun though. Like I'm not saying it was bad. It was, it was a, it was a fun triple threat for the, for the NXT tag titles. Um, the grizzled young veterans, uh, James Drake, Zach Gibson, uh, Legado del Fantasma, and MSK. Uh, this was a wild one, dude. It was, uh, it, it felt like it might belong a little bit more in a AEW, uh, pay per view, right. but I, but as car crashy as it was, th this was still significantly less all over the place than a lot of AEW matches that I've seen. I like this. There was still some, there was still some structure. There was enough that, that, uh, that I didn't get completely taken out. Um, right. and I, I'm happy. I'm happy. MSK got the, got the W here as I, you know, I really liked the rascals when they were in impact. I feel like they need something like the Treehouse. Uh, here on NXT, they need right. they need something to help get their personalities over because yep. they they do have big time personalities. But what did you think of the match? Yeah, you know what, man, I think it could have been better. I'm not gonna lie, it kind of um, 
it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, but uh, after seeing Champa and uh, and Walter, it was they had a lot to live up to, and unfortunately, they didn't live up to that match. That's for sure. Put it that way. But I yeah. was ho- I was hoping for Legado del Fantasma to actually win. Unfortunately, they didn't. But I'm not I'm not upset that MSK won because they're probably the right guys to get the belts, no doubt about it. And they've been red hot, so yeah, I can see them holding on to the belt for a bit, no doubt about it. So. Congratulations to the to the rascals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next up, we've got the main event of night one. It's uh, Raquel Gonzalez with Dakota Kai and uh, Io Shirai. Um, I, I really strongly feel like, and I don't have strong feelings about Io Shirai or NXT in general, to be honest with you. Right, right. But no, I, I strongly feel like if you're going to break a streak, like what Io Shirai has had, um, you you can't do it in 13 minutes. I just I didn't like this at all, Chris, and I yeah. don't and I don't agree with the result either. I mean, I get it, you know what I mean. I get it. They want to push Raquel Gonzalez as the next Diesel, pretty much, right? Yeah. But if anyone isn't ready, people were saying about Bianca Belair being not ready to win the WWE Women's Championship on you know at WrestleMania. Well, nah, man. Yeah. This girl right here ain't ready to be holding a women's division, especially b- being the NXT women's champion. I just don't agree with it. And you now, unless yeah. Io Shirai is moving up to the main roster, and I haven't watched Raw, so I don't know. But then, why she shouldn't have lost? Like that's just me. I just think Io Shirai yeah. should have been over. I I feel like I feel like they they have to bring up Io Shirai now they, right. they can't have her stick around NXT any longer and um, but my honest opinion on Raquel Gonzalez as champion is I get it from a visual standpoint but NXT is meant to be sort of a work rate federation yep. like that's yep. the point and Raquel Gonzalez will bring down basically everyone she's in the ring with <laughs> I don't mean that in a I, I don't mean that to be super disparaging because I don't think she's at ab- absolute garbage in the ring i get you they have they have at least four women who are significantly worse than raquel gonzalez in the ring and we'll talk about them from night two (laughs) a little spoiler there um but uh but she i mean who's she gonna have a really great match with if she couldn't have you know we we said last week that she needed io shirai to be her bret hart you know um and i don't think that io shirai got a Bret Hart Diesel match out of Raquel Gonzalez, and if Definitely. Io Shirai can't, I have no idea who on this roster can. Yeah, I, I look, I don't think I think she'll hold it through to the next pay per view, right? The title that is, and I'm talking about Gonzalez, but I don't think any longer than after that, man. I think they'll see yeah. it. Triple H will see what's going on, and they're gonna have to put it on someone else, <clears throat> Tony Storm, right? Otherwise, yeah. uh, like I said, I don't know, man. I don't know why they went this way. It is what it is. I get it, like you said. I get why, but I just don't agree with it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you too. Um, anyway, uh, congratulations to Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> right. um, I'm sure this is something that she's been working very hard for. I mean that legitimately, right? Oh, like, for sure. Um, Has nothing know, to do with uh, the person, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, good for her. Hopefully, either she continues to improve enough that she doesn't completely bring the... Because, I mean, NXT Women's Division has developed 
quite a reputation in terms of the wrestling community, 100%. right? Um, I, I really hope that she doesn't drop the ball. I hope she doesn't either. Let's hope so, but we'll see. I, I didn't have full confidence in her, though. I'm not going to lie. Neither do I. Right. Neither do I. <laughs> um, so anyway, we'll move on here. Uh, we'll move on to night two of NXT TakeOver. Um, the show starts off with a rock concert, and I just have, uh, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> the rock concert at the start of night one was better, I must say. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> but yeah, this is crap. Whatever. It was crap. It was garbage. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, I hate it. Uh, the show starts off for real with Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, um, to which... I. Why are you starting a pay per view with a ladder match? This is weird. I guess I want to set the mood, right? You knew these two guys will, as much as I, as we both hate Devlin, right? We knew this was going to be a great match, and it was. And thank God Devlin did go honestly, over. <laughs> honestly, I was disappointed with this match. We'll get really? into it. I wasn't. I. It's. I like. Okay, we'll just get into it, and you'll sort of hear what I what I think of as we get into it here. So, right, right. Um, first of all, both of these guys are pretty much tweeners. <laughs> yeah. um, the crowd both boo and cheer each of them, which made following the crowd reactions in this match uh, just strange. Like, it was hard to sort of figure out who the crowd actually wanted to win and lose. Um. Anyway, at one point, Beth Phoenix uh, says that ladders don't follow any rules of physics, uh, which led me to believe that Beth Phoenix doesn't know a goddamn thing about physics. Definitely not. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, just a really weird call. Um, Esco talks a lot throughout the match. Um, it's really slow to start off. Um, me, personally, maybe this is just something in my own head, but when I hear cruiserweight ladder match um i think of like right yeah i think of evan courageous and (laughs) you know felix skipper like you know (laughs) i i think of more craziness than they had in this match and Felix skipper Um, can pull off a fucking great match with a ladder or a cage or whatever you want yeah dude he he was a he was fun to watch underrated dude underrated Prime time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Team Canada, even exactly. though he's not Canadian. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking weird. That's funny, oh. though. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, there is a nice moonsault from the top of the ladder. Uh, that looked like that fucking hurt. So props to Devlin for doing that one. Um, it looks like he's going to win. Legato del Fantasma come in and they attack Devlin. Um they worked really hard in this match. Devlin also takes a big bump at the end here through, yep. uh, through a ladder. Um, like I said, they worked hard. They took some big bumps. Um, but just for whatever reason, I just, I never got super into this match. There's a celebration on the ramp with Escobar's son, which was fine. But if you're not turning him, don't do that. So what happens now, Chris, with two cruiserweight titles? Because he was showing them I mean, off during the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, towards the end of the show too, right, he had right. another a video where they, I don't know. Hopefully, they just 
amalgamate them into one. I can't imagine why they would have two cruiserweight championships. I agree, but you know what? For a laugh, why not have him defend both? Like he's got two cruiserweight belts, just just to be different. But yeah, they will unify him. Excuse me, no doubt about it. I'm sure. Well, I mean, was it even a unification match? Did they even say that? Because I don't recall them saying that. Yeah, they said that it was okay. for the quote-unquote undisputed. All oh, right, uh, undisputed, right? Cruiserweight championship. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. All right. So, moving on from a, from a somewhat um disappointing match to a why the fuck do any of these people have a job match <laughs> um we we move on to the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship as the uh, way take on the Cyber Werewolves at least that's what i'm calling them i this match was a train I, wreck. I don't i mean it was an absolute fucking train wreck train um, wreck this is Shotzi at her old fucking best dude she brought out the old school in her. I'm not going to lie. And I was saying that she's improved leaps and bounds. <laughs> she went backwards with this match. This was the old shots I was watching again. Yeah. Um, Candice LeRae is pretty smooth. It looks yeah, like she's sure. not, uh, it looks like she's not going to be injuring anyone, no. but she also has no impact on anything that she does. She's like, really slow, she bro. looks too smooth. Right. Does that is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I uh, get you. No, no, no. I totally it? get you. I totally get it. I, I think Chris Canyon had a similar problem in that, like, he was very smooth in the ring, like, really, really good, but it just never seemed like he was hurting anyone. And I, I get that you don't want to hurt anyone in wrestling, but like, you need to at least look like you're hurting them. So I just, for some reason, the the Chris Canyon comparison came up as I was watching Candice throw kicks that obviously weren't hurting anybody not just that can someone tell her can someone tell candace LeRae to not hit the ropes anymore seriously every time she hits the ropes she's literally like tippy-toeing like back to her opponent so hence when you <laughs> said when you said that her moves seem soft that's a great way of putting it because i was trying to figure out what's off about her and that's the right mm. way to put it she comes across as soft she just doesn't have any impact whatsoever it doesn't look like she's smooth like you said don't get me wrong but she just she just comes across as slow and like i don't know yep. I can't, it's hard to put my finger on it it's just she's good don't get me wrong but she's bland yeah she's very very bland um yeah uh the way uh both of them are exceptionally bad at cheating um at one point here there was there was like a two minute segment where they're focusing on uh Shotzi and uh they've got her in the corner and first off Candace goes to cheat while the referee's looking directly at her and the referee's <laughs> right. like no you can't do that right obviously I'm looking at you and then there's another one where her partner what's her name again uh as in Candace LeRae um What's it called? The Aussie chick. Another Aussie chick. Jesus Christ. How did I forget her name? Anyway, long head, uh, long face, horse, Mr. Ed. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, sure. Mr. I Ed. Her name. Um, <laughs> and then Mr. Ed goes to grab her while the referee is literally looking directly at her. And the ref's like, no. <laughs> I, I just, 
Her name's Indy Hartwell, reason, by the way. I was just like, Indy Hartwell, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, Indy, yeah, okay, yeah. Ha, 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 Indy, huh, good job, joke, Triple right? H. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was her name um, pre-WWE, by the way. Even in the Aussie okay. um, indie scene, no pun intended. She was called ah, Indy Hartwell. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> okay, well. Um. Anyway, this was just really stupid. Um. I, I, I noticed that, you know, at a certain point here, I noticed the amount of neon hair color so I just I was I was waiting for someone to tell me that this match was brought to me by the Biden administration <laughs> and um, and and by the Liberal Party of America, because, um, yeah, way <laughs> too much neon hair. Uh, um, oh, uh, yeah, agree, all four bro. women hit the turnbuckle for a Tower of Doom spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Blackheart dives through Moon's legs Um so Moon sets up, uh, the, the, you know, the way are on the are on the canvas, you know, they're on the the floor. Right, right. And um, Moon spreads her legs on the second rope, and I'm like, what is she doing? Like, like how far are they taking this werewolf gimmick? Is she about to like mark her fucking territory on these people? Because like <laughs> that would be some wild shit that would be worth fucking Literally. talking about. But no, she's just doing it. So that in so that Blackheart can dive through her legs to the outside, which <sighs> begs the question: exactly how does that help anything? You're just getting in the way of your partner. What what the fuck is the point of that? Uh, maybe one too many hits to the head, dude, for both girls. Like if you and me are tag team partners and I'm about to go do a dive and you jump in front of me and spread your legs, I'm going to be like, uh, get the fuck out of the way, bro. Like just move. If you're not there, it'll be better for everyone. And that, that definitely checked out because as Blackheart dives through the legs, she completely missed everybody and just whapped her fucking head on the fucking concrete and i was just like god this is awful did, <laughs> um, did i mention chris that this is um this is shotty's throwback to her old self uh, because that's what she fuck. used to do bro she was reckless as shit and here you are once again she's reckless as shit she's just got no regard for her own body and she comes across as a dopey bitch no offense but she's dumb bro she comes across as being pretty fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> yep. The ending to this match is an eclipse into a senton, and the werewolves get the win. Uh, I was just really thankful that this fucking match was over. <laughs> like, makes two of us oh, good. Play. I'm not going to see anyone fucking paralyze themselves. Yeah, fuck that. Someone tell Shotty to fucking slow down and fucking be smart because really, this girl is a fucking dumbest professional wrestler i think i've seen in a long time bro yeah and uh just can you tell me how many times did rusev come to the ring in a tank <laughs> i think once i believe he just he just did it the once eh? right. like wrestlemania he didn't make it a week he didn't make it a weekly fucking thing no, he, no. it was a, it was <laughs> a big deal because he came to a tank the, he came to the ring on the tank the one fucking time right right <laughs> Why the fuck are they coming to the ring on a tank every fucking 
night. Like I know, right? Talk about confusion, right? The, <laughs> when they come out, they act like fucking wolves, like werewolves or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be. Yeah, they come out uh, with a tank. What's the significance of the tank with their gimmick? Can can you tell me? Um, I don't know. Maybe that they're you know tanks are notably you know bad at uh traversing terrain and <laughs> these girls are bad at wrestling I, that's about the only thing that i can well think if about. any of our listeners know can you please tell us because I, I don't think we have any clue i mean they're werewolves on the tank i don't fucking know bro yeah it's uh i mean werewolves on a tank sounds like a really cool visual but i mean if you <laughs> see it every fucking week too right. it's like why don't you guys just figure out how to walk to the ring or something? Like I yeah. I'm really, really confused. Anyway, um, let's move on here. Uh, we've got Bronson Reed who, uh, you know, the night before won the, uh, the gauntlet match right. against Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American championship. Um, <laughs> oh, this was a funny match. What did you that made me laugh. I'll tell you what, man, it was silly this match in a way i feel like Gargano was having a good laugh in this match and it was trying to pop uh reed a lot which at times he did right but why the fuck would i get gargano's tragedy i mean you're not gonna fucking fly around the ring he really kept him grounded so i guess that's cool mm -hmm. it was more of a wrestling yep. match i guess uh bronton reed doing a cartwheel sort of popped me because he did he did that so smoothly for a guy that big i mean jesus christ man his cartwheel was fine, but the Hurricane Rana Ugh. literally missed him. Like, right, right. missed him by a foot, and he did the fucking cartwheel anyway. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Hurricane Rana was fucking pathetic. But let's give him some credit, man. The guy can work. He can work, man. For a big guy his size, he's pretty athletic too. And we know Gargano can work. You know what I mean? I can't stand oh, yeah. him anymore. This was a good wrestling match. It was. This it was, was a, a wrestling good wrestling match. match. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, what's more to say? Even though I'm surprised Reed didn't go over, but again, that 50-50 booking. Yep, absolutely. Now, here's the thing that I don't, that I didn't like about this match. And I mean, this is a nitpick, right? But it's a nitpick that I feel is worth talking about, especially when, you know, the night before we had a really, really good technical match uh, with Kushida and Dunn. Right. And they focused on the arm, right? Both men focused on the arm. And the finish of the match focused on what? The arm. Right. Um, which is how you're supposed to do this, right? Right, um, right? In this match, there was so much focus on on Bronson's ribs, which I felt was good. Like, it was good that they were focusing on it. Um, although... I mean, the main event was all focused on the ribs too, which, I mean, guys, you got to communicate. You can't have, you can't have back-to-back -back fucking matches focusing on it. And it was literally back-to-back -back matches, by the way. Right, um, literally. So, and it's a nitpick, right? It was still a good match. Uh, Reed worked really hard here. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, there was a segment here where they were in the corner and they obviously botched a move, right? <laughs> yeah, like. Yep watching it you could tell that they had something set up yep. but that it didn't work i really loved the fact that they did not just try to do it again no they, they didn't sell like, it at all 
Yeah, they fell out of position, and then Bronson Reed just smacked them a couple of times, right. and they went on with the match. And it was like, oh, my God, wrestlers who know how to just fucking move. Like, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that's what they used to call working. <laughs> exactly. And see, see, uh, ladies and gentlemen, how about you take a page out of their book? If you fuck up a move, don't sell it like you fucked up. Just move on. That's it. Don't do it again. Just move on and get back to that spot later on if you have to. These guys knew exactly what they were doing. And, and like I said, it made you forget that botch. I mean, obviously we remember it, but like you didn't care so much because they just moved on, which is how it should yep. be. <laughs> your your, uh, your neighbors need to move oh, on from their children. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought them up. I was going to say something. I thought I, I thought I won't sell it, but these people, dude, they're fucking animals, all right? I'm, I'm going to say it right now. They're fucking animals. Uh, I can't wait till the, they get the fuck out of their house and they need to mow their lawn because it's about <laughs> it's about my height at this point. It's ridiculous, bro. But yeah. Yeah. From your, from your description of their lawn, it sounds like uh, Brunson Reed could probably hide. <laughs> <laughs> he could. I'm not kidding, bro. I, I'll take a picture yeah. next time. Actually, I forgot to. I want to take a picture. I want to send it to you. It's... It's no fucking around, bro. These guys are the real deal. Fucking lazy fucks making noise and all sorts of shit. But anyway. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Gargano goes over with two final beats. Um, his The move is called the final beat. Uh, so he went over with two final beats, which just, I mean, the whole sentence that I just fucking oh, said right so now. Dumb. Like it made it made my English teacher grandma roll in her fucking grave. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, but uh, <clears throat> no focus on the ribs for the finish, which bothered me a little bit. But this was a good showing from both guys. And I feel like if anyone was wondering, like, yeah, Bronson Reed can work a wrestling match. No doubt, man. And and like you said before, I don't know who the agent was. But sometimes these agents, aren't they the ones that fucking book the way the match is supposed to go? Uh, yeah yeah exactly and i mean somebody uh, should have been telling them hey the main event they're going to be focusing a lot on the ribs so do something else yeah no you're right 100 percent. i guess i don't know whose fault that is if it's the agents or if it's the wrestlers but fuck man someone needs to take control and point out certain shit but it is what it is yep absolutely yeah i mean it's a nitpick right it, it was still a very good match but just you know, the, it's the old it, it's the old adage that like, look, if there's going to be a chair shot in the main event, don't have a chair shot the match before. Right. Exactly. I agree. One hundred percent. All right. Um, well, anyway, there's a video package hyping up what I thought was going to be the main event. Um, <laughs> That's me too. I'm not going to lie. This, I thought this was the main event. Th this was super. I, I didn't like the booking on this. I get that they feel like Cole and O'Reilly is a big deal, but not anywhere near what Cross and Balor can be, especially with the title on the line. Anyway, um, the video package is great. WWE does a great job of hyping these things up. I mean, the main events always look great on NXT takeovers. Right, for sure. Right, so... It's the NXT championship on the line as Cross and Balor face off. Um, there's a huge size disparity here. <laughs> Not just the height. Um, 
when, when you look at these two standing next to each other, it is clear that Cross is significantly more muscular than Balor. Um, it's ridiculous. Bro. Yeah. Like wider, taller, just everything, man. The guy looks like a monster compared to fucking, <laughs> compared to Balor. But in saying that, I kind of liked Balor's aggression. You know what I mean? Because he had to like step it up aggressively. So, you know, yep. in that sense, that's great. But man, push up cross to the main roster already because he can't loot. Nobody can beat this guy. There's going to be nobody on that roster, really, even realistically, that can beat this guy. Yep. Uh, I I mean, yeah. I, I feel like Cross is a superstar waiting to happen. I feel like he's way too big for NXT. I, I kind of feel like the guy needs to get into movies he's just oh i agree i agree i'm glad you said that chris because i watched an interview a couple of months back maybe more and uh man seeing him in that interview i said it you can ask you can ask my girl man because i said it straight straight away to her okay this guy is going to be a big movie star yeah. it's just his mindset man it's just the way he thinks the way he takes his character seriously which is great <clears throat> excuse me he just gets it, dude. He gets it. So if I was WWE, I'd hurry up and uh, push him to the moon, because if any movie, per, like any movie studios, don't fucking see this guy and pick him up for movies, they're missing out on on real talent, man. Because this guy's got the it factor, legitly. Yeah, oh yeah, he definitely has the it <clears throat> factor. Um, so th this was a this was a really excellent match, and I don't want to I, I don't want to just uh, you know skip to the end here so right. they start off kind of with an interesting thing here as uh finn and 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 cross take turns kind of laughing at each other to start off this right like finn's right. kind of chuckling to himself about like wow this you know this is a big strong motherfucker i'm in the <laughs> ring with and right. you know uh cross kind of getting like a little bit frustrated with him so he kind of laughs back but it's obvious that he's a little frustrated um Fucking silly. Cross misses a spear in the corner as he's getting, you know, you know, aggressive and angry. And uh and, and Balor focuses a lot on the arm. The the middle of this match was really, really great jujitsu infused wrestling. It was right. as, as I mean, it really looked a lot like a jujitsu match. Like there there was some spots in here that looked a lot like MMA. Um 100%. and I feel like both of these guys uh really knew how to do this in this match i agree 100 percent, man and it wasn't boring when i was doing it dude that's that's the great thing about it you know what i mean absolutely and like, like i said i i did i think i did um say why well, i felt that maybe bella will win just to throw us off i'm glad i was wrong because killer like kevin cross killer cross carrying cross whatever you want to call him he he needed to go over and man now it's just the the era of cross and he's absolutely gonna eat everybody alive unless they've got some surprise i just can't see anybody stopping him dude he's gonna actually move up to the main roster as and still be nxt champion mark my words i'm gonna say it right now that's my prediction yes i think that if anybody is big enough that they don't have to lose the title before moving up um and just whatever like have him move up and then do a tournament to crown the new nxt champion i, I don't care what you do 
he's too big to lose in NXT. And, and I feel like, I feel like it'll just diminish him. Um, I, I will say anyway, that, the rest Chris, of this, no, I just want to yeah, say, quickly, it, there's one exception to what I just said, though. I do Walter. want to see, yes, exactly. <laughs> Spot on. I want to see a Walter versus Cross match. I think that would be fucking great. Heck, I that want to see a feud. Epic. Epic, dude. Epic. So, other than that match matchup, there's no one else. Not even close. Like, not there's, close. Not, there's no one who's even in the fucking vicinity. Nope. I mean, you know, can you... Can you honestly picture Kyle O'Reilly beating Kevin Cross? Please. Are you kidding? I can't even <laughs> picture Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly at the same time beating Cross. And I'm a fan of those guys, but let's be real here, man. Yeah. Be like Goldberg versus Chronic from WCW. <laughs> yeah, but at least Chronic will be guys, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Anyway, uh, there's a couple of cool spots here. Balor counters uh, the, the elbow strike with the Pele kick. I like that. That was cool, right? Um, that was actually a great spot. I didn't like so much that, like, okay, Balor goes up. He hits the coup de grace. It's one-two kick out. And I thought, okay, I get it. It's, you know, it's a big enough match. I'm okay with kicking out of finishers as long as it's a really big match, right? I mean, yeah, this right. and it's, you know, it's this is NXT's WrestleMania, right? Well, so, yeah, right. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the kick out, but I'm not okay with the kick out leading directly into a rear naked choke from Karrion Cross. He no like, sold it. Did no sold it at did all? The, did the coup de gras not do anything to Karrion Cross? <laughs> I didn't like nothing. that. It done absolutely nothing, and that's the first thing that went into my head, dude. I'm like, oh, he totally no sold it. He did. He no yeah. sold it, man. Don't get me wrong. I liked it, right? But being the type of fans that we are we got to point this shit out, man. He did not sell it whatsoever at all. Like, the coup de grace was nothing to him. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, anyway, uh, we move on here. Cross does a deadlift German doomsday suplex and two straight elbows to the back of the head for, the, for his second NXT championship. And I just wanted to say here, so it's a really, really good match. Uh, it told a cohesive story. And although I believe that Cross has the bigger potential for star power, right. I think he owes a lot to Finn Balor. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. Dude. For crafting what was a truly excellent story in the ring here. Like, I really, really like this match. And as much as I think, you know, Cross has a mind for wrestling, I think that he owes a lot to Finn Balor, who's an excellent storyteller and really went above and beyond to put him over in this match no doubt about it chris and look i'll say it now man if finn was bigger he would have he'd be the complete package unfortunately his size lets him down you know big time which is a real shame because i like finn i really do you know what i mean he's yeah. a great storyteller in and out of the ring he's done a lot for this business i mean people know like he he took becky lynch from the streets pretty much i don't know if you know mm -hmm. that but and trained her and yep and look at what she's straight become. out of clown college <laughs> not a joke by the way <laughs> straight out of clown college and we know about devlin and shit like that who needs to change his look i don't know if he can but it is what it is but finn i mean to what you want mr <laughs> potato head to put on a fucking suit he, he looks know, like man. mr potato head i don't know there's man. no, there's <laughs> no changing right. that look 
you're right, man. It, I don't, I don't see it with him. You know what I mean? But uh, but Finn, man, he, he he's got it, man. He's got it all. He's a great talker. I like everything about him. He's the prince of the Bullet Club. You know what I mean? He's the guy that came up with the Bullet Club name and all. So, and he's the first original leader. But where do you go with Finn from here? Do we still go in another program with Cross? I mean, what happens here? I don't. I. I mean, I honestly feel like he needs to go back up to the main roster. I don't. I don't really I see agree. what. I don't see what he can accomplish in NXT more than he already has. I agree, and he does come across yeah. as a bigger deal in NXT. Like, he's not like really. He's way past NXT, man. I get why they did it, but at this point, bring him back to the main roster. He was good there. He's shit. People seem to forget he's a former Universal Champion, man. So he's been there, done that, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'd love to see him back on the main roster. And I'm not sure if he's ready for all that. But I don't know. I, it feels like nowadays people consider the Intercontinental Championship or that division to be like some kind of like a lower, lesser thing. I mean, I, I think if you put him in the Intercontinental Championship picture – you know, with uh, Kevin Owens and some of those other guys who are just below that main event level, Big I feel game. like you'd have some fucking incredible IC title, you know, programs moving forward. I wish oh. they would do that. I wish they'd pull the trigger. And that's WWE's fault for making it seem that way. You know what I mean? That the IC belt is not up to scratch. I mean, years ago, that used to be, if you were the IC champion, you were number one contender for the title too, bro. You know what I mean? For yep. the World Championship. That IC belt, especially in your late 80s to your mid-90s, was a huge deal, man. Unfortunately, now it just feels like a real secondary belt. I mean, it is what it is. But in saying that, like you said, someone like a Finn moving back up and really like doing some crazy like IC title matches with the likes of Big E and uh, like Dolph Ziggler and wrestlers like that, you can't go wrong, man. Yep. Uh, I mean, you know, and... Me personally, I feel like if you build up your 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 single title enough, you can you can pay like maybe not pay per views, but you can main event a raw with can. like an IC championship match and have people really buzzing about it. Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, and you could you could give your world champion, you know, a night off or a, or at least a light you know night right like he doesn't right. have to be in the ring every single fucking week you can have him cut a promo at the start of the night and then leave and you know his program just gets moved forward with that video package that day and the intercontinental champion you know gets to carry the ball for that night i don't think people would be disappointed i just don't i agree and they need to stop hotshotting the belt too man have someone yeah. actually do a proper run with it i'm talking about for a few months and i'm sure doing it that way will elevate the championship, you know? Yeah. Well, Big E just lost it, didn't he? I'm not sure. I haven't watched Night 2, to be honest with you yet. So, if he, did he Did he actually lose it? I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. In well, a Nigerian drum match. Oh. <laughs> <With> Apollo <laughs> Crews, right? That, that gimmick, oh, seriously. Uh, WB is borderline being kind of racist, man. But it is what it you is. You know what? I would, I, would, I would love the fucking gimmick if... Like if Apollo Crews would drop the accent, like oh shit, I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it, but I won't. What are you doing? 
He is not Jewish heritage, though. That's true. I know, but yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't talk like this. <laughs> I don't actually talk like no, this. No, Chris, you that... don't talk like that, Chris. Okay. No. That's how we need that... to be talking, I... for Christ's sake. I don't speak like I, you don't hear a German accent when I speak because I wasn't uh -huh. fucking born in Germany. Right. Like you don't hear me talk like this because I'm born in Greece, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just what are you doing like that? It, it just takes me out of it. And again, if if not for that, I would actually really like the gimmick. I would think like, OK, um, they're letting a guy really play on his actual heritage right oh, and, and that's fine you know, that's fine and, that's cool but... and and that kind of gimmick gets over because it feels authentic right. tell me something that sounds less authentic than a dude putting on a fucking black panther accent first of all if he's gonna if they're gonna be doing that that type of gimmick right he needs to be talking like he's from nigeria man <laughs> like it is what it is but if he did do that just say okay would fans be screaming racism? Oh, who knows? The fucking crowd nowadays screams racism for everything. You can't. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, and everything's and, racist and sexist. At a certain point, you just have to roll your eyes and be like, okay, whatever. And in saying that, remember when Kofi was playing the Jamaican man, right? <laughs> man, everyone knew he was born in Ghana. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he he's not fucking Jamaican. Why? Because he's black. Yeah, yeah, because he's black and he's got fucking dreads. You're Jamaican. Exactly. I could, I could picture Vince going, ah, it doesn't matter. You're Jamaican. Yeah, like fucking seriously. Yep, Vince, be Vince. I can't wait <laughs> for that old man to die. <laughs> he looked fucking sick, in my opinion, at WrestleMania Night One, bro. But yeah. Yeah, well, he's looked sick for a very long time. The Hopefully amount of makeup, dude. The amount of makeup he fucking had on him. Yeah, dude. The know. last time he was on Raw, it was right. like, oh my god, what? Like, why? Like, it looked like Weekend at Bernie's. Like somebody <laughs> was animating a corpse. It was oh. fucking awful. Yeah, you know what, man? Like, what? What is he? He's in his seventies, right? Something like that. Like, has he hit seventy yet? I'm sure he has, right? Oh yeah, he's in his seventies. Yeah. All right. I feel like he looks older than what he does, dude. Like much, much older. Much older. Like he looks eighties, bro. And I, and I don't like saying that, but I don't know if it's all the steroids over the years or what it is, but he's aged big time, man. I don't know. Maybe it's the Dr. Peppers. <laughs> oh. I don't know, man. But hey, look, when he does pass, man, it's going to be a huge deal, bro. It'll be huge. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be huge. Absolutely. Well, a couple of guys who aren't huge, uh, main event, <laughs> the the night tonight as it's a lazy booking match between uh cole and o'reilly um Ooh. yeah lazy booking it was a good match look uh, look do you, do you want to be honest with you chris what was happening with me at this point yep let me know all right i'll be honest i wasn't paying attention to the first little bit of the match straight up right because i felt mm -hmm. i felt first of all oh finn and, and cross aren't the main event so I was kind of disappointed. I was ready for it to end right there, right? So yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, there's the cold fucking O'Reilly match, right? So I wasn't paying attention to the first five minutes, maybe six minutes. And then I remember saying to D, okay, D, you know what's funny? If we actually pay attention to the match, it might not be as bad as as we think, right? 
So we started looking at the match, and you know what? I couldn't get my eyes off it after that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's actually perfect because I had um, almost exactly the opposite uh, uh, problem here. In uh, well, in saying I, that, it I did go too long. Start, and then my feed cut off, so I actually oh. didn't get to watch the end of this match. Oh, funny. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, the match started off with. Uh, Kyle sort of taking over early with some solid dirty strikes and submissions. Uh, they go out to the, they go out to the ringside pretty quick. Uh, Cole takes over by using chairs and other stuff around the ring. And at that point, my feet cut off. So why don't you tell me how this match ended? So you, you missed the botch, right? Oh, was there a, a major botch? Yeah. Well, let me know what happened. it's a half botch, but basically at one point, you know the stage where the ramp is, right? Right. In the middle of the ramp, you can tell they gimmicked the metal crate there sort of thing. So obviously, they're meant to fall through and then end up underneath the stage, right? Right. So there was a spot where Cole had, had O'Reilly in the arm bar, sort of like an arm breaker, but O'Reilly oh. lifted him up. So Cole still got him in the arm bar, but O'Reilly's like, carrying him right so they go they go outside sure. to the ring now cole's arm or hand should i say is behind o'reilly's right so when they yep. went through the fucking the gimmicks like stage right obviously his arm was still there and they, they must have crushed fucking cole's arm dude his hand because it was bleeding after that actually it was bad for both of them if you looked at o'reilly's back he had all these welts from it Cole's fucking hand was just fucked. It looked broken, dude. Legitly, like, he couldn't put no pressure on it. It was bleeding. All because of that spot, dude. So, obviously, I assume what happened, they land, they go straight through the stage. They must have gone Cole's hand first, right through it. And, uh, and yeah, fucked them both up, dude. So, from then on, I felt like, oh, this match has got to fucking stop. He's going way too long. But it kept going, dude. I, I must admit, I was impressed with the chain spots. Did you see any of the chain spots they did? Yeah, I saw some of the stuff back. Like, I watched some highlights or whatever afterwards. Because, yeah, fuck you, Bell, for cutting off my fucking feed. Um, but uh, I watched some spots back, and it looked like, I mean, it looked like exactly what you expect from a Cole and O'Reilly match. I mean, these guys are both, I mean, really, truly excellent in the ring. Right. Um, you know, I just... To be honest with you, I don't care about this feud. I like. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Maybe it's just that the, I don't know if if it's just that this group lasted too long, or if I'm just having a hard time. Sort of picturing what they're gonna do with them moving forward, or what. But. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I was very much ready for this pay per view, for this you know, for this show to be over after after cross and ballard but um, i agree man 100 yeah. but the match was good like i said once i it was, started paying it attention, was a good match yeah it yeah. was good when i paid attention it was actually pretty great it did like keep me there but it was more from just how hard that was stiff bro they were going really stiff by the end of the match both of them had welts galore dude like i'm telling you they beat up the they beat the shit out of each other man straight up oh yeah this was one of those matches where like, you know the guys in the ring have a good relationship. 
Because you would not feel comfortable hitting a guy this fucking hard, this fucking often, unless you had a really, really good relationship with the guy. And that's all the match was, man. It was a hard-hitting affair, which felt like a blood feud to end it, I must say. I don't know where they go from here. I didn't like how O'Reilly went over. I felt like Cole should have gone over, but that's just me. Because I I don't know, man. O'Reilly, as great as he is in the ring, and this was almost... Dude, the kicks he was doing was very like kickboxing style. It was pretty brutal, bro. Like, I'm I'm not going to lie. The kicks were brilliant. But I just feel O'Reilly in the ring, great. Like, but everything else, no personality. I'm sorry. I know he's Canadian, Chris, but he's just got no no personality. But that's but that's exactly right. Like he's he's almost like the prototypical Canadian wrestler in that he's excellent in the ring, right? You know, but I mean, what else does he have? Yeah, but in saying that, that's a bit unfair on the Canadian wrestlers. I mean, I know people. I mean, it totally is. But I'm just saying that's what people think of. I feel like fucking Lance Storm is to blame for that. Like they had a (sighs) gimmick where his whole purpose was to be boring. So right, but people, if people feel like, oh, this is normal for Canadians. But Lance Storm was not fucking boring. He got no. a boring gimmick over. Like, and fuck. people that say that is because they just watched his WWE run, which he was made to look absolutely boring, boring, right? Like he had no yeah. personality. But his ECW run, right? With, with the what were they called? His tag team, I think the Impact Players or something like that. And uh, like that. yeah, yeah, that that was brilliant, dude. Like they were, they were great, and and awesome. I thought that his run in WCW is actually like his best run that ever. Was one of the absolute well, and I think it was one of the absolute best things that Vince Russo, you know, oversaw in WCW. Like Dude. people, people knock his booking in WCW, and there's lots to knock. Okay, like right, right. fucking Judy Bagwell on a forklift. No, <laughs> but everything about that Lance Storm run was excellent. Brilliant absolutely brilliant man and i don't care what anybody says if you watch that fucking shit he probably had i'm gonna dare say this the most heat in the company at one point man and i'm talking about wcw yeah i'm just spewing they never pulled the trigger and gave him the world title he needed to get that oh, belt man and, at the time. and they had the and they had the perfect setup for it too right. like just to take the right. little lance storm fucking turn here he had every yeah. belt in the fucking company and they had a nitro in toronto yeah right where he where where he was scheduled to face the world champion if they would have given him that belt uh wcw could have just done shows in canada and sold out for the next year and a half 100 percent, man storm was awesome dude i I, I was always a fan of his it's just people will point out his wwe run and then people just want to judge him off of that like i said when he was in ecw as part of the impact players and then later on into WCW, man, he was hot. But in WCW, he was mega fucking over, dude. Like, mega over. Even yeah. here, he was getting such heat when WCW toured Australia. Dude, and I went to Nitro and Thunder during that time. Dude, the heat was amazing. I'm telling you. Yeah. The, Aussies were, the Aussie fans were absolutely giving him so much shit. What made it, what made it even funnier, though, when the crowd were calling him a wanker, right, which means jerk off, right? Yeah. He went cross-eyed. You know how he stares at the camera, right? And like, yeah. you know how he's, and he's like, shut up, like silence, blah, blah, blah. And he's got his hands behind <laughs> his back. Dude, the way he looked at the camera. 
<laughs> the way he looked at the camera was full cross-eyed. Like, I mean, but, but looking all serious and shit, but just full cock-eyed, bro. It was fucking funny, man. Like Landstorm, that- man. Just a, just a gem, an absolute fucking gem in pro wrestling. No doubt about it. And if anybody thinks otherwise, you're a fool. Like, straight up. Like, seriously. And, he, and, and talking about Canadian wrestlers, I just want to say, Chris... I get how people can have that perception and you can point out her oh, Bret Hart had no personality. I call bullshit. Right. I call bullshit. Right. I'm going to say it again. Bret Hart was as real as it gets, dude. You believed every fucking yep. word. Yeah. And he'll tell you himself. He was never the greatest speaker. Right. That was his weakness. He, mm-hmm. he'll tell you that himself. Right. But dude, when he spoke, when he was serious and he meant what he was saying, you fucking believed it, bro. Yeah, dude. And I honestly, I still to this day believe that his heel run is one of the best. one of the most underrated heel runs ever in professional wrestling. And it was unique. I feel like he Yeah, exactly. He transcended the fucking heel. He right. was not a heel. He flipped it so that the entire US audience was the fucking heel. What was he saying? Because when was he heelish. was cutting those Nothing. fucking promos. Right. Everybody in Canada still loved him. Fuck Everybody yeah. in Australia still loved Everyone him. Everyone but the Everybody States. Everybody in Europe still fucking <laughs> yeah. loved him. The only place where he was booed was America. He literally right. put the American wrestling audience in the fucking show as the heel. That's <laughs> that some awesome. brilliant fucking work. That was an awesome time in professional wrestling. And not just underrated, but man, I can watch that, that time over and over, man. That was one of my favorite sort of feuds going on at the time dude i mean the half foundation as a group was brilliant to me and brit like you said i guess that was the birth of the tweener bro the, the officially the real sort of tweener because when i say tweener you know he was, he was a heel in the states bro, yeah. no really that's what like yeah. when you said transcended professional wrestling and just that heel fucking character dude he was a heel in the states and a face everywhere else literally everywhere else and I mean, even his promo style would change, which I'd love. Like, you'd think by watching him in Canada or anywhere else but United States, right? You'd think he was a baby face, like, totally. You know what I mean? Yep. And then come to the States, even though what he was saying was legit, like, to me, I agreed with him. What America yeah. was. Well, he's, exactly. he's saying things like, he's saying things like, I'm proud to be from a country where we still take care of our yeah. old and our sick. <laughs> And where we still, you know, where we don't just leave people to die in the gutter. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm proud to be from a place uh, where, you know, we don't shoot each other, you know, you know, every other weekend. And like, like the stuff he was saying was like, uh, yeah, it was like, facts. It was true. <laughs> right. No offense uh, to our American God. friends, but come on, man. You can't say he was lying. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, Bret Hart just a fucking genius i i don't care about anything and that's says. why he will always be in my top five man like of all time heck i might even have him in my top three i said it yeah and i'm not even canadian and i'm not even canadian and i'll fucking say it growing up especially in my teens and even even younger i was i've always been a Bret Hart fan but man during that run i believed every fucking word that that he fucking said dude and it was facts like looking back on it now even when he went crazy, do you remember when, which was taboo for WWE at this time, he lost his shit, screaming out, this is bullshit, and all sorts of shit, and they didn't bleep yeah, it. This grabbing right Vince by the shirt, right. and yep. How fucking real is that shit, dude? Like, I mean, and people say he sucked on the mic. 
not during that fucking run he was fucking the seriously there's a reason why he's not only the excellence of execution but when he says he's the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be you fucking believed it man you fucking and you it. know it and you know it i just want to say one more thing about brett also dude i mean i get how americans in particular think he took himself too serious but you know what who takes himself serious anymore yeah god i miss it i miss somebody just taking themselves really fucking serious and you know what him taking himself seriously is a cultural thing like yeah i know I've it's a canadian before, thing right but you know in, know in mexico and in canada wrestling is not a joke right like, and i've known that always always i've said this to so many people even recently in canada professional wrestling is almost like a national sport if not it is yeah like people in canada look at i would say that people in canada look at professional wrestling in a very similar way that russians look at opera right <laughs> right um it's serious right they do not fuck around about their opera in russia right and you <laughs> right. can look at it and you can think whatever the fuck you want but like if you show up to the bolshoi you know ballet with a fucking smirk on your face you might get stabbed like <laughs> like you're a character. don't fuck around with that shit right so like and like no man like everybody in canada knows that it's fixed nobody in canada is of course is, right is, like nobody in canada believes fucking wrestling is real we're, right. we're all smart enough to understand but we're also like smart enough to know that like who gives a fuck if it's if it's planned right, so like man. i've always yeah. i've always had this conversation with people like you know what terminator was fake too but i bet you <laughs> fucking enjoyed it like <laughs> and people take their movies fucking serious but in saying that right yes we know it's predetermined but it's not fucking fake man there are wrestlers that have hate on each other there are, there is shit that happens that's not meant to happen but that's the beauty of it trust me i've i've thought to myself why am i into this shit the way i am right because when you look back on it and i remember before we were recording the skirmish do you remember when jago said you know we're not a bunch of weird guys right we're only we're only into yeah. a bunch of guys that are half naked wearing spandex and fucking this shit's predetermined <laughs> but look at it and and yeah when you think about it it's crazy right when you really think about it but man there's so much more to that and you know the real fans get that and understand that but there's something about yeah, professional wrestling it's it's man when it's done right to me there's nothing better and even the atmosphere when there's a when there's a great show going and the crowd are bopping man and it's just up and down it is fucking great to watch dude i mean and i want that i want that i want more of that you know what i mean when it's done right professional wrestling can be the absolutely cleanest style of storytelling then that i believe you can see on television i agree man i agree man there's you know, nothing like you it. don't you don't like you could you could take like and i don't i don't mean that they're not necessary or not good but i mean you could take the commentators completely out of you know, I enjoy it without him from Mania 13, right? You you could take the commentators completely out of that and still entirely just by watching what's physically happening, you can understand the deep story being told by these people just by what they're doing in the ring. I mean, that's great storytelling. That's really, really excellent. 100%. I'm glad you brought up that the Bret Hart Stone Cold match. You tell me another double swerve like another double turn 
that was remotely anywhere as good as that was. Tell me, tell me. In, term, in terms of storytelling in the ring, not just there is storytelling nothing that even comes close. Just in every sense, Chris. I mean, they literally switched the cut. Like, I mean, Stone Cold wouldn't be Stone Cold if it wasn't for Bret Hart's fucking mastery in that match. I know it takes two to tango, right? Don't get me wrong. But that was yeah. all Bret Hart, all right? That was fucking Bret yep. Hart. That's why the guy takes himself serious. That's why the guy believes he's the best there is, the best there was, the best ever will be. And that's why the yep. guy is the excellence of execution. Because no one could execute that fucking thing better than he did. I don't give a fuck what anybody I, says. Entirely correct. I, I, and that's the thing. Like, that's the, the really incredible thing with Brett was that he, he was able to not only get himself over. Like, he was a master of getting himself over. He was a master, over. dude. For real. He was I, I mean, a master at this But shit. there are other wrestlers who are really good at getting themselves oh, over. Of course. Uh, of course. Brett could create a superstar in someone else. Yep. That's how good he was. And that's he, right. If the WWE would have fucking pushed it properly after Wembley, they would have had an absolute fucking superstar in, in the Bulldog. British Bulldog. Right. And, 100%. And Bret Hart fucking carried him through that goddamn he did. match. He did. He fucking did. <laughs> like, he really did. Uh, Bulldog wasn't even... I'm glad you brought that up too because at that time, in 92, it was a SummerSlam 92, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Bulldog wasn't in the greatest conditions. Everyone knows the struggles he was going through, but he was on a lot of heavy shit at that time, dude. And yeah. he was stressed out before that match. He really was stressed out. Bret Hart really carried that match. And you know what? And Bret will tell you this. You know what Bret's crowning achievement was in his eyes? Is that match? Was that match not the fact that he, the way he put Stone Cold over and all that shit? Mm -hmm. It was that match because of the way he carried yeah. that match. He just, I mean, dude, like you, you hear the story about it, right? And him and Bulldog basically went over the match, like, you know, in the dressing room before the match. And he, he basically said, like, you know, Bulldog had showed up and that whole week he was basically on a bender on fucking well, he crack. Was. Or whatever, he right? really was, dude. And, uh, and he, he showed up the day of and Brett went over it with him and he spent lots of time, you know, in the back sort of going over everything. And he said that as soon as they locked up for this, for the first, for like in the first minute, right? In right. the first minute of the match, Davey boy goes, Brett, I'm fucked. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Like he could yep. not remember a single fucking thing they had talked about. And Brett had to literally walk him through that match literally watch that fucking match back and tell me tell me a better fucking like i mean you know this is supposed to be an nxt show but i mean fucking nxt when you can no, talk about right. Bret Hart, i'm right? glad like, we're going <laughs> yeah no no we need to talk about this sometimes just because it's an nxt show doesn't mean we can't talk about yeah. professional oh, exactly. wrestling in general right i mean we did it with the skirmish yeah. too and I, yeah, and exactly I, and i like that but you saying that and that this is why it was his crowning achievement because bulldog was in no fucking condition, man. Like, he really wasn't in any condition. And people call Brett selfish, right? This is what makes yeah. me laugh. But how many dudes yeah. does he fucking put over and he puts them over the way it should be done? You know what I mean? Yep. Not, yep. not, not... Well, you know what? You know what always fucking bothers me? Right. Is that people talk about Brett as if he's selfish because, mm. oh, he he wanted... he You know, he, he forced Vince McMahon to do that. It, you know... You know, you know, uh, Brett really did screw Brett. And you really have people who have that opinion. 
But almost none of those people ever seem to have the opinion that Stone Cold Steve Austin did anything wrong when he walked out and took his ball. Like, oh, and Stone Cold will tell you he fucked up. Right, exactly. And and Brett didn't fucking walk out. That's Ooh. the thing is like Brett had at least as much of a fucking problem. Like Stone Cold's thing was, well, I don't mind losing to Brock. Brock's respectable and everything, but I don't want to do it on free TV. Like and that's I can fucked up. That. I, right. I want to do it on a pay per view. That right. makes sense. Right. right? He's a businessman. He any kind of con, but he didn't have any kind of fucking contractual fucking ability to to stipulate that. Brett right. literally had creative control over the last thirty days he was he in did. WWF, and said a number of times, "I'll drop it to anybody you want, not Sean." Right. Heck, he said he would drop it the next night, even. Yep, he he was willing to drop it exactly the next night on on Raw. He said he said a week before, let me drop it to Shamrock, you know, right. or let me drop it to Steve, let me drop it to Taker, anybody. Uh, like, you know, right. I don't know the whole idea, that whole narrative of Bret Hart is selfish is like. Go fuck yourself. It's fucking like, stupid, man. You fucking assholes. People have got a fucking have got a short fucking mind, bro. Like, I mean, people seem to forget, or short memory, should I say? People seem to forget. If you look at Bret Hart's fucking run, all right, even before his world title run, let's go back to his IC run. Was he really fucking selfish? Never. Like, not at all. Not at all. If not you, at all. if you were good to him, he'd be a beyond good back to you man no doubt about it dude absolutely absolutely well all right let's uh let's end it here um bret hart is fucking incredible and um <laughs> he's the you know, best there, hopefully he's the best it was and the best way ever will be all right absolutely uh, and you know it um <laughs> that i mean just awesome uh, you know that's i mean that's where mjf gets that from right you know i'm better than you and you know it, right pretty much well, i mean it's the same it's, thing you're saying the best there is yeah of course it is you know what i mean um anyway anyway bret hart absolutely fucking greatest wrestler of all time i don't care i'm i'm, I'm canadian i'm allowed to say that and um, i'm not canadian and, and i'm gonna say he's one of the best ever period and uh, one more thing chris people want to say that he wasn't a draw Fuck off. Come on, man. <laughs> Nobody was a draw when he first had his run during that point. All right. Let's be real. All and right. look at the tickets he sold in Europe. Exactly. Who drew, there has been nobody that's drawn better than Brett the Human Hart when it comes outside of the United States. That's a fact. Actually, I, I will even say, I will even say that those overseas tours during that time is what kept WWE afloat pretty much. Yeah, well, I mean, there there have been people who have said exactly that, but like, they went on multiple European tours a year, right? A year. They wouldn't have survived without them. That's facts, dude. It is facts. If you don't believe me, do some fucking research, man. So, if anybody yeah, that absolutely. thinks that he wasn't a draw, he's a fucking tripping. <laughs> yep, they wish they had somebody like that right now for the right. European market. No shit. Um. Although if they did, they would probably just stick them in NXT and give them the NXT UK, UK championship <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, this was a good show. And, um, you know, we talked about some good wrestling, some really bad wrestling. And then we topped it off with the best there was, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be in Bret Hart. Um, thanks for listening. You've been awesome. And uh, until next week, um, 
keep your fucking heads up. That's it. Peace. to the Rational Rage Network. Federation, and finally, this instant, this moment, all of those dreams, all of that hard work is paid off, and of course, your wishes, your dreams have now come to fruition. You know, Gene, since I was this tall, 
I've been involved in wrestling. My whole family's been involved in wrestling. I've dedicated my whole life to wrestling. My father taught me, he took me on the mat. He's made me scream, he's made me feel the pain. And I've listened, and I've learned, and I've thought about it. And I've dedicated myself to the technical wrestling, to learning wrestling, following up on all those last details, the endurance, the strength, that wrestling ability, and never ever thinking that I knew it all, because you never know it all. And I've had my share of wins, I've had my share of losses, but you wait your whole lifetime for one chance, just one single chance, and I've got that chance, and I gotta thank, I gotta thank every single wrestler that I've ever wrestled against. I've wrestled the greatest wrestlers in the world, and I've learned. I've learned so much, and I gotta thank each and every one of them. And one in particular that I wanna thank is Ric Flair. I wanna thank Ric Flair for stepping in the ring with me tonight and giving me that chance. I wanna thank each and every one of my fans around the world for supporting me all these years. I wanna thank all my friends that have backed me up through the thick and the thin. Most of all, I want to thank my family. They've been with me since, since the very beginning, since I was just a little baby. And I, most of all, I want to thank God above. God Almighty, thank you for the greatest moment of my entire life. I'm proud to be the WWF champion.
talk about controversy. I truly believe that Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. You can look in the mirror and know that. Championship at SummerSlam on August 3 against The Undertaker. We'll get to that in a moment. First of all, considering last night, congratulations are in order. Hello there, Ray. First of all, I just want to say Thank you for letting me still be your hero. And thank you for believing in me. A few weeks ago, I was told, America, love it or leave it. Well, I've traveled all around the world. I've been all over the United States of America, and the one thing that I've in particular looked forward to is loving, leaving it. I want everybody to understand that nobody is more proud of being Canadian than I am. And I'm not really sure how things have escalated, but the one thing, I'm not so much anti-American as I'm just very, very pro-Canadian. Americans think that they're always better than us. They think they're better than everyone. But all you have to do is look at Donovan Bailey and you realize that they're not as great as they think they are. America, for me, Canada is a country where we still take care of the sick and the old, where we still have health care. We don't shoot each other and kill each other on every street corner. Yeah. Canada isn't riddled with racial prejudice and hatred. Across Canada, we all care for each other. And I am proud to be Canadian. And I am proud to be your hero. And I promise that I'll continue to live up to trying to do my best and to keep my word. 
And there's one promise that in particular that I want to make, and that promise is in the SummerSlam in America, when I step in the ring with the World Wrestling Federation champion, The Undertaker, that I will not let my Canadian fans down. And I will be the World Wrestling Federation champion for a fifth time. I want to make one promise. If I don't come to Canada with that World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, if by hook or by crook I lose, I will never, ever wrestle on American soil ever again. And that is a promise. I want to call out to you the man that beat great American scum last night, the Intercontinental Champion, my brother Owen, the best technical wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation. If you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, we are live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The Slammy Award-winning Intercontinental Champion, Owen Hart, who took the deciding fall and a great deal of controversy last night in Calgary against Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they will meet again at SummerSlam. And what an ovation for another Canadian hero. Now, I know my brother Owen is going to destroy Stone Cold Steve Austin in the SummerSlam, but I also want to invite out the most powerful man in the World Wrestling Federation today, the European champion, my brother-in-law, the British Bulldog.
for a shot at the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. So I quit. Give me a piece of equipment that works, son, or I have to whip your ass. Red Hearts, you can sit there and bellyache and complain with the best of them, son. Ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. You sit there and talk about how Vince screwed you, how everybody screwed you, how I screwed you. The bottom line is, son, when the going gets tough, the hearts get going back home. Knock it off. Go back to Canada, son, because the only person you could possibly be is your wrinkle-up old man in his little old basement. You talk about being jerked around. I've been jerked around for seven years, and then I get here, I'm supposed to face Psycho Sid tonight, and some guy, a 350-pound buffoon, that calls himself Gorilla Monsoon, the commissioner, says, no, no, Psycho Sid is at home with a concussion. Psycho Sid may be at home with a concussion and an ice pack on his head, but he's also got a yellow stripe running right down the middle of his back. As far as Gorilla Monsoon goes, I got a big bunch of bananas, and I can tell you where to stick each and every one of them. You want me to face The Undertaker, you can bring his dead ass out here because I threw it over the top rope last night and I'll do the exact same thing right now. So bring him on out, I got something for him. Where's Vince going? I don't know, but I think this can turn out to be the greatest day in the history of Monday Night Raw. Hell, we've lost it. Red Heart quits! Vince McMahon looks like he's quitting. Folks, don't go away. Obviously, this is a hell of a night to be with us. I'll tell you that. Ladies and gentlemen.
WrestleMania 10, Bret Hart. And you might say that fate perhaps was on your side. Everyone will remember this huge 568-pound champion, Yokozuna, who had you in the corner, who was going to bonsai drop, and his fate would have lost his balance on the road. And then from there, there was only one thing left to do, and that's for you to pin Yokozuna. It took me a long time, and I know I didn't start off on the greatest footing yesterday afternoon, but uh, it doesn't look like I disappointed too many of my fans. Now that I'm back on top as the World Wrestling Federation Champion, I just want to say that I'm going to take off right where I left off before. I'm going to take on all challenges. I don't care who it is. They'll all get their shot at the championship belt. And that means Yokozuna, I know you'll want your rematch. You'll get your rematch. And uh, that goes for every single top challenger in the World Wrestling Federation. There's no question, but that you will be as you have been. The fightingest, if you would, champion ever. However, let's take you back to WrestleMania. And let's talk about the WrestleMania moment that I'm sure you will never forget, notwithstanding your victory. There was also a defeat. But prior to that feat, there was a sharpshooter applied. And then, I guess there is a counter and there is a reversal. There was another sharpshooter applied. And then from there, as you perhaps attempted the victory roll, your brother Owen, the Rocket, defeated you. response to what happened with my brother Owen, that I don't need any excuses. Uh, I did the best I could with my brother Owen. It was one match. That's all it was. He won one match, and he won that match fair and square, Owen. All the power to you. But you know, things are just a little bit different now. I'm the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Sometimes you just can't always get what you want. But I'll tell you what, sometimes you just get what you need, that's all. Ladies and gentlemen, the new World Wrestling Federation Champion is the Hitman And we're back here, ladies and gentlemen, a few more moments here with you. Vince McMahon is gonna try to talk to a very, obviously, uh, this constant Bret Hart. Extremely frustrated over what has just happened. Whoa! Frustrated isn't a goddamn word for it! This is bullshit! Oh, we apologize, ladies You screw me! Everybody screws me! And nobody does a goddamn thing about it! Nobody in the building cares! Nobody in the dressing room cares! So much goddamn injustice around here! I've had it up to here! We apologize, ladies and Everybody gentlemen. Everybody knows it! I know it! 
Everybody knows it. I should be the World Wrestling Federation champion. Get him out of the ring. Everybody just keeps turning a blind eye. You keep turning a blind eye to it. I got that gorilla monsoon. He turns a blind eye to it. Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Cut him off. If you don't like it, tough shit. Well, obviously, we got... My ass, Brett. All you want to do anytime you go in the ring is cry like a baby. I tried to go out there and help you and you threw it all away because you're a loser. It could have been you and me for the championship at WrestleMania, but you blew the whole damn thing because you're a loser. You know why they call you, you Stone Cold? Because your stones are so cold. Your stones, you won't come out here you're and step in the ring with me yourself. You always got to jump in from behind. You don't got the guts to come out here. Come on! Everybody knows whether it's Psycho Sid. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for the actions of Red Heart who had that snapped. Belt he had you. lost it. You are wrong. Uh oh, look out. my belt. You know We're going to try and stay with this and as long as we can. Red Heart, ladies and gentlemen. This is completely out of control, McMahon. Yeah, I know that. Oh, this is not going to be a this going to be a fight here. Red Heart, Red Snapped. He's lost it. Wait a yeah. minute. Wait just and a minute. Oh, wait a minute. This is just picked up. Red Heart, ladies and gentlemen, has gone berserk and oh no no what? Red Heart and the Undertaker. Red Heart knows the Undertaker. And this and is there's Austin. Austin. Bring up Red Heart. Trying to stay with this, ladies and gentlemen. 
We're asking USA to try and stay with this. Somebody get out here and get them apart. Hell, it's going to take the state police in New York to separate these men. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin and Ben Hart. And the Undertaker. Shawn Michaels. Or Shawn Michaels. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, don't do it. Michaels is hurt. Shawn Michaels has no business. No business coming down here. He's hurt. Look at that. Shot, he's gonna go straight for straight, they're straight for Shawn Michaels. Michaels, stay away. You better get up there, McMahon. Somebody better get up there. I'm not gonna get up there again, not in Bret Hart's face. I can't Look believe he did what he did. Michael, what's he gonna do? The Undertaker and Psycho Sid going at it, just as they will at WrestleMania. And right there, Michaels is in the war zone. Officials are trying to restrain him to keep him from getting involved. Oh no, oh no, oh no! This is an all-out brawl! It's a riotous situation in Syracuse! It's a fist fight, a street fight! All six days before, no, WrestleMania. no shot! No, no shot! It's WrestleMania this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, on pay-per-view! Live from Chicago! WCW 
for over a year. Five-time world champion. The best there is, the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. They love him. And I can't get a match with anybody. You got Ric Flair, the world champion, back there hiding under a table somewhere. You got Hollywood Hogan. I guess he's afraid of me. You know, I'm gonna get right to the point. I came to the WCW to earn a reputation, not to lose it. And I got one point I want to make. I want to prove that I can actually execute any wrestler I want, any time I want. They're behind him. So let's cut to the chase. The franchise player, William Goldberg. The man. The big chicken. He thinks because he's built like a tank that he can run over top of me. Well, I'm not going anywhere, Bill Goldberg, till you come out of that dressing room, biting your fingernails, trembling with fear, because you can take me on right here tonight in Toronto, Canada. Let's do this thing. What do you say? Let's get it on. The man. He's putting up all this money to take on Steve Austin. Well, let me tell you something. I beat Steve Austin every time I ever fought him. He likes to fancy himself some kind of big, fancy, tough football player. Well, I got news for you, Bill Goldberg. This is hockey country, Bill Goldberg. Put away your silly helmet and come out here and fight me. I'd like to see that. Don't look at me. There's nothing more I can say to add to this. It's just got to happen. Shoulder, Bret Hart obviously the back of the head. 
We thought, hey, we're going to hook it up and have a great match. We never imagined something like this would happen. And now the fans are trying to encourage Bret Hart to start moving, and here he goes. Barely. Goldberg's not moving fear, at all. Yeah, fear the spear is what we've always said, what you've said, Mike, and never more evident than what happened right there. In, in many ways, both men needed to fear the spear there. It wiped them both out. Bret Hart is the only one moving here. He rolls Goldberg up. He's going to try to pin one. Respect that. Hey, Bischoff. And the WCW, I quit. How about that? Bret Hart. Well, what does this mean? It means Wait. I quit. Something in his hand, their tape, something right. he was gonna use, never got to use it. Believe me, that's gonna stick in the back of his mind. He's gonna go back over that match and remember every mistake he made. For Lex Luger to beat him twice in a row, I don't think it can happen. I think Red Hart is gonna come out on top right. Somehow, some way, I know the name. Let's take a look at what you were talking about. Let's go back and relive some of the moments. This happened Monday on Nitro at Rapid City. Dakota, here's how it went down. Luger, of course, had had the match already secured for tonight. Called Bret Hart out, said, let's do it tonight on Nitro. Hart said yes. And what a match it was. Everything we thought it would be between two of the greats in our sport. And as Bobby the Brain says, when Luger had the heat on near the end, Hart went for the illegal ops. He never got to use it because it was the torture rack by Lex Luger. Lex Luger's hand is raised in victory. He is the U.S. heavyweight champion in the span of one year, wins the U.S. title and the world title. If you really count uh, in the span of 12 months, it's been quite a year for Lex Luger. Didn't he have the tag team titles too? He sure did, I believe. He had them all. Is that right, Mike? Absolutely, Tony. And, of course, he was also a part of that group of the NWO Wolfpack that defended the world tag team titles quite a year for the total package Lex Luger and well I guess we're going to hear from the man who is in the role of the challenger this evening the former United States heavyweight champion the hitman is on his way to the ring everyone's right? on the front of his shirt says Hogan and he's not selling golf balls no and later on tonight it's Hart and Luger but uh Red Hart walking out right now who obviously has something to say he's demanding a microphone and Boy, has he become belligerent in a span of four or five months or what? Ego, I tell you, it gets the best of you. It must be nice for all you people to sit and quote 
all be happy that Lex Luger is the United States champion. You know, every time I step in the ring, I don't just step in the ring with one guy. I step in the ring and I fight with each and every one of you people. You're against me. You've always been against me. I know what you're thinking. One more big loss for the hitman. I got everything at stake tonight. One more big loss and that'll be the big loss that'll put me back at your mercy. Let me tell you something. It's not going to happen tonight, and it's not going to happen here. You are going to see that I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. That I will rise to the occasion. And Lex Luger, you won't be able to railroad me into any kind of match tonight. Because tonight, I am 100% ready. You may be big and strong, have muscles coming out of your ears. Lex Luger, and all you scum out there of the audience, and all you people out there watching from coast to coast, I'm gonna enjoy kicking the living crap out of Lex Luger tonight. I will win back my championship belt. And you people, are gonna be sorry that you ever made my life a living hell. Lex Luger, you're gonna be excellently executed by the hitman, like it or love it. I don't think there's any question he is ready. I mean, that's uh, an afterthought, but determined is another word that comes to mind here, Mike. And he talks about the fans gloating, the fans happy that Luger won the title. Well, can you expect anything less after the total disrespect that Bret Hart has had? for the WCW fans. And he's working himself up into a ladder. He's ready. Tag Team Action, when we come back, we're live from Fargo, North Dakota, the Fargo Dome. We'll be right back on Thunder.
You're listening to the Rational Rage Network.